Live the Grasp. I am Brian Naylor, and joining me on the other line is Mike Rifo. On today's podcast, we're going to be previewing the wild card weekend for the NFL. So this week, we we thought of a fun format to try to mix it up. Well, first so, of all, can I tell you, I, I, the, the show starts oh, off with me doing a little bit. <laughs> I forgot. That's really what's holding the show up. So yeah, <laughs> do your bit. No, I mean, I felt like you would want to hear about this. So like okay. I was... I was going through uh, my book of face feed today, and I saw that it, we were on the. Uh, it, it's been eleven years since we did the uh, World Series of Beer Pong in Las Vegas, and going through some of those pictures, it was uh, just brought me back to the good old days of you and I screaming at each other and screaming at other opponents and being uh, completely shit faced at five o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. It was, that was that was the second time, right? No, that was the first time. Eleven years ago was the first time we did it. Wow. Yeah. So I like I, I've there's one picture where I, I mean I know <laughs> I am completely hammered and it is it's not that late at all. And we had just finished the first round. I think we were we went pretty well. I think we were like six and two or seven and one. Yeah, we were six and two. And day. and one of those one of those losses we could have easily won. So being seven and one would have been awesome. But and I, we also that, I'm going to color this a little bit more. I think there were 550 teams, so we had the 83rd best record at the end of the day one. So we always we joked for the rest of the night while we got smashed like idiots and then got pummeled the next day. <laughs> well, because we couldn't uh, stand still. I was shaking I the entire time throwing the ball. So. <laughs> But I mean, uh, the, the probably one should team drink that, a little bit more water that day, but whatever. It's true. It would have been a veteran move. The one team that beat us, that that destroyed us that first day, was the number one overall seed going into the playoffs. Okay. After, after the two days, they were the one seed. Still a lot of fun. I mean, I think at 40, we should try it again. <laughs> I've, Just, I've joked. I think that that would be a really fun. It would be fun. I, I yeah. We could even do a podcast there. How great uh, would that be? be? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. We've seen your tendency to to ramble a little bit when you have a couple drinks in you based on the holiday show. Okay, so we'll we... do it before we'll we'll do it before we start playing, but yeah. That sounds good. All right. So to commemorate this weekend, so this is the first time in NFL history that we've had six games to play on wildcard weekend. It's it's traditionally four. This year they let in an additional team in each conference. So we get two extra games and only one bye per conference. So we thought of a pretty fun way to kind of screw around with this. So for each conference, uh, people have probably heard of the game bang, Mary kill, or that's the PG version of it. Uh, so we're going to do spread money line over under. So each conference, <laughs> we have to... <laughs> Oh, I know that was, that was intentional. Each conference we have to pick for the NFC. One of the games we pick the spread. One of the games we pick the money line. One we pick the over under and the same for the AFC. On the first game, we have the Los Angeles Rams at the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, the line here for this game is minus three for Seattle, but you are taking the Rams to win this game on the money line at plus 148. I am taking the under at 42 and a half. So I'll do my part first. For the under, the Seattle's been all over the unders uh, the second half of the season. Really, actually, anytime outside of September. So they're nine and four on the under since since September. Their defense has gotten better through the first seven weeks. They had ten sacks total, and through the last uh, weeks eight through sixteen, they had thirty six sacks. So their sack rate has gone up three and a half times what it was previously. Defense is healthy, but they've also lost a little bit of their home run hitters. Carson's questionable for the game, but Hyde is probable to play. So they have kind of the less punch on the running game. Then you look over at 
the the Rams. Rams still don't even know who's going to be starting for quarterback. Goff has a thumb injury. He's questionable. He did not practice today. And then there's Wolford uh, as the starter. He's currently in that position, but probably be replaced by Goff. Cam Akers is questionable as well. So I don't really like the punch for either team. Seattle's been historically coming in under for the last three months. And you have a questionable quarterback situation for the Rams in a bitter division rivals. So I'm going the under 42 and a half. Yeah, I understand that. I, it's just really tough for me to do an under for Seattle. But yeah, you're right. They they haven't been scoring like they have at the very beginning. Uh, I just did the money line for the Los Angeles Rams. Obviously, the big question here, like you mentioned, will Goff be the starter? Um I said back in, in week 10, Goff and McVay love to play against the Seahawks. Um, now, if 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 Goff can't go, uh, John Wolford, actually, I didn't think he played all that bad. First pass last week against the Arizona Cardinals, he did have an interception in their in their own uh, at, at their own uh, end zone. But after that, he kind of settled down 22 for 38, 231 yards. He also had six rushes for 56 yards. So um, I, I don't think. I don't think Goff would be that much of an upgrade to Wolford. I, I think I think the the main the main reason I'm picking the the Rams is their defense. Um, but I mean, these two teams have played two matchups before. Uh, biggest takeaways: sacks. Rams get to Wilson on a regular basis in both these games. Eleven total sacks for 56 yards. Only forced one fumble, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, you would think after 11 sacks that, you know, there would be a little bit more turnovers there, but, um, and then, you know, turnovers are the, the biggest, the biggest, uh, difference for, for these games. Um, you know, the team that turned over the, it's, it's easy to say, but it, you know, looking at the the stats, the team that turned over the ball the most lost the game. They're going to need to limit turnovers and especially in the red zone. Another thing was red zone efficiency. Uh, LA when LA won, they were three and four in the red zone, two and two in goal to go uh, efficiency. Seattle, same game, one for three in the red zone, no goal to goal uh, opportunities. And in the game Seattle won, Seattle was two for three in the red zone, uh, one for one and uh, goal to go. Rams were zero oh and two in the red zone. So it red zone scoring is going to be vital in this game. So whoever whoever wins that that battle, I think actually will will take a take home this game I, I just think the rams have the the are the team to be here uh they, in both games they uh, they had the edge in all these stats total yards first downs uh and offensive plays in time of possession talked about wolford i, I really don't think it's going to be that big of a deal if he starts over goff and, and then sean mcveigh i think is the x factor here he, he's owned this rivalry uh you have a uh, aaron darnold will make Wilson uncomfortable and you have Jalen Ramsey's going to keep DK Metcalf in check. He has done it so far in both these games. There's no reason not to understand or not to question that that's going to happen this time around. So um, yeah, money line Rams at plus 148. All right. On to the next game, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Washington football team. I'm going here with the money line minus 400 and Mike is going with the spread at minus seven and a half for Tampa Bay. I like the money line. Uh, I, I think that the reason why I stayed away from the spread is just because of Washington's disruptive D. Uh, Brady's not good against the pass rush, and and Washington's very good at rushing the passer. passer so that's why I stayed away from the spread. But um, they still haven't named a starter for the Washington football team. 
Uh, Smith is questionable. He did not practice today. Heineke is also prepared to step in for Smith if Smith is not named the starter, but but it's Thursday and they still haven't decided that. The offense for the Washington football team is dead last in the NFL in number 32 in DVOA. Tampa Bay is number three overall. And then defensively, Washington football team is number three and Tampa Bay is number five. So I just think Tampa Bay is a much more well-rounded team. I think they're prepared for this game. I think some small notes, Mike Evans is a game time decision that will affect some of their play calling if he isn't able to go. Uh, they, there's some hype's been made out about Brady's first wild card game, but I don't think he's faced. The guy has five Super Bowl rings. But yeah, I I like I like the minus four hundred for the money line. I'm gonna use my money line stamp here for Tampa Bay. Yeah, you're really jumping on a, on a limb on that one. Um, yeah, so I have Tampa Bay plus the eight and a half, or I'm sorry, seven and a half. It was eight and a half before, so I guess money has came on the uh, the dog here. Um, and you know we live in the area, so we we've heard the the talking heads and the radio hosts talk about you know they got a good chance, but um, I get it. Washington has a good defense, and I mean, but they haven't seen an offense like Tampa Bay. The strength of Washington's defense is their D line, and Tampa Bay probably has arguably a top five offensive line in the whole NFL. They've ranked uh, fourth in sacks percentage uh, this entire season. Washington has only has only played two top 10, and I put that in quotations, uh, passing offenses uh, this year. Believe it or not, Dallas is still technically in the top, I think they're eighth in uh, total passing yards uh, per game. So they played them twice, so they beat them twice, but that's without Dak. And then the second team is Detroit, who is ranked 10th, but Detroit put up 30 points on them. So I I get that they do have a good defensive line, but I do think that their uh, secondary is not up to the task. And now they're going up against Tampa Bay, who's ranked second in passing offense. So uh, a big step up in competition here. So, And you mentioned it. Alex Smith didn't look right. Uh, Last week, he was 22 for 32, 162 yards, two TDs, two interceptions, uh, 75 uh, rating and that was against a uh, I, I like saying this but a Fletcher cockless defense <laughs> uh, I saw that but um and they're also going up at, uh, against a team that's uh, f- uh fifth in blitz rate so I get that it's a big number but remember this team won the NFC East and it's partly be- and the reason that's partly the reason why is because they they had the easiest schedule of the year because they were the lowest NFC team last year. The Washington football teams played five teams this season that have made the playoffs. They're one and four in those games with an average point margin of those losses with 13 points. So I think Tampa Bay gets it done. I think it's a night game. Uh, yeah. The Brady thing with a wild card game doesn't concern me at all. There's no way Washington can keep up with Tampa Bay's offense. The only way that Tampa, uh, that Washington has a chance is if, Brady makes uh like two or three interceptions. I just don't see it. Uh yeah. So just to just to circle back, Tampa Bay finished the season ranked with the number five offensive line. So you are right. All right, on to the next game. We have the Chicago Bears at the New Orleans Saints. So the Saints are favored by nine and a half in this spot. I am taking the Saints over the nine and a half. Uh, the Saints have scored 85 points in their last two games. Bears have won four out of their last five, but against winning teams, the Bears are one and six uh, on the season. Michael Thomas is eligible to come off of the IR for this game. I think the only question mark is Camaro still hasn't greenlit to come back. He's been participating in practice virtually, and I and I heard that he's even mic'd into Sean Payton's microphone during practice so that he can stay in step with everything. 
you never know when players come back from COVID, how they're going to react to everything, especially in these high cardio positions like running back. I, I think the Saints take care of this. I, I think the Bears are fairly fraudulent. and I don't think this is going to be a challenge. So I took the over 47 and a half in this game. Uh, these two teams hooked up and back in week eight. Uh, game played in Chicago and Saints won in overtime 26 to 23. Uh, but in that game, both teams combined for 700 total yards, 41 first downs, and uh, it, it hit the over with uh, the 49 points scored in that game. Um, but there were some interesting tidbits on that game. New Orleans played that game without Michael Thomas, which is a big factor. Even if he doesn't produce, uh, you still gotta <laughs> you still gotta watch him. And he's been off for what two or three weeks. Uh, he's gonna be healthy. Yeah, I think he practiced today too. So um, I think he's a full he's a full go. Um, both those teams, when they first played, uh, combined a seven for twenty eight on third downs. So they didn't sustain very many drives. I think that changes here. Uh, two for six combined in the red zone efficiency. Again, I think that changes, especially if they have Michael Thomas here. Uh, and lastly, this time around, New Orleans gets home field advantage, where they're averaging just over thirty two points a game in the dome. So. Um, and just the Bears have finally found a groove on offense. They're averaging 31 points themselves in the past five games, uh, averaging 40 more yards on the ground in the last three games. And uh, New Orleans has been allowing a little bit more, 20 more yards than they normally do in the past three as well. So uh, I like the over here. Um, yeah, the nine and a half is just a lot of points. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. And I think you're I love- wrong. <laughs> I, I think you're wrong. <laughs> and 11 minutes ago, Alvin Kamara tweeted, see y'all Sunday. Yeah, he, I mean, unless he's, because uh, he's been asymptomatic for the most part, uh, I've heard. So if he was playing Saturday, he wouldn't be eligible. So the fact that he's they're playing Sunday, he's definitely eligible. It was just a matter of, you know, was he asymptomatic? And I think he has been so. On to the next game. So we shift into the AFC now. So we have the Indianapolis Colts at the Buffalo Bills. The line here is Buffalo minus six and a half. And this is the first game we go head to head. So I am taking Buffalo minus six and a half. <laughs> and you are taking the Indianapolis Colts plus six and a half. Uh, I chose the spread for Buffalo in this one because the Bills keep covering. They're eight and no over the last eight games at the spread. They're nine and one in their last 10 games overall. They're not afraid to run the score up as we saw last week. Uh, Warren Sharp for I believe he's for Action Network, threw out a pretty interesting stat too. The Bills punted the second fewest times in NFL history, and they're the first team in NFL history to have 50, or I'm sorry, 20 first downs in all their games this year. They have a consistent offense that can kill you from Josh Allen running to Diggs going deep. I think their offense is just going to roll. And generally speaking, with a theme for most of the year, I think Indianapolis's defense is a little overrated. So I don't think Buffalo is going to hesitate at all to run the score up here. And I think they're going to run away with it. All right. So I got Indianapolis plus the six and a half here. I understand the line is a little inflated. Uh, that's because the Bills of the past three weeks have been destroying their opponents. Average winning margin is 29 points a game. But again, that's against Denver, New England, and Miami. So it's not the cream of the crop of the NFL. Truth is, Buffalo is only three and two against teams that made the playoffs this year. Now, Colts, not much better. They're they're three and four, but they're a little bit more battle tested, if you if you will. Um, against teams that made the playoffs. Uh, but it's it, nonetheless, it's a much harder uh, test for the uh, Buffalo uh, offense. 
Uh, in these defense, though, I won't disagree with you that they're a little overrated. They still rank in the top 10 of yards per game, points allowed per game, and passing yards per game. So Colts have also won four of its last five. Average uh, points per game is 30. They're only they're only allowing 52 rushing yards in the last three games, which ranks first in the NFL. And lastly, I think experience counts in the playoffs. You have Josh Allen. He's only got one playoff game under his belt, uh, which was a loss to the Texans last year in the first round. He didn't play horrible, but he didn't have any touch. uh, I don't think he had any passing touchdowns or rushing touchdowns. I could be wrong on the rushing, but I know he didn't have any passing touchdowns. And and, and Phillip Rivers, (laughs) I think he's five and four, but he still has, or, 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 or five and six, something like that. But he does have 11 playoff games, uh, Phil Rivers does. So I, I, th- I just think that the number's inflated. Uh, I think uh, Indianapolis is more than uh, a, g- a good enough team to keep it under six and a half. So going with Indianapolis here. All right. That's a terrible choice, but we will be moving on. So on to the next game, we have the Baltimore Ravens at the Tennessee Titans. The over-under in this game is going to be 54.5. I'm going to be taking the the under, and Mike is going to be taking the over. I'm taking the under because they've played twice, basically, in the last year. They played in the playoffs at the end of last year, and they played earlier this year in Week 11. And the the highest scoring of either one of those games was 54, and that was in an overtime game. And the line here is at 54.5. Baltimore's defense has been has been getting healthy and I think I think a lot of turnovers is what led to some of the scoring in the last two games so the in week 11 the Ravens were leading 21 to 10 going into into the fourth quarter they had locked up Derrick Henry their run defense had kind of contained him and then because of a number of weird turnovers the game swung there was a turnover by Lamar Jackson on a rushing play I think on the eight yard line and then it swung it the other way I just don't think they're really gonna have the guns I think this is gonna be a hard-fought game I think that the Ravens are gonna force Tannehill to try to throw and beat them through the air they're gonna do everything they can to bottle up Henry and I think this is gonna surprise some people and be an under yeah no it, it, this is gonna be the <laughs> shootout of the weekend i mean it, it that's the reason why it's the 54 and a half back in week 11 like you were talking about it was a 30 to 24 uh where you saw tennessee take it over in the win in the overtime but the teams combined for 700 yards both were 50 uh, under 50 percent in the red zone efficiency i i i, I should have written that down but um one was like 40 percent, one was 25 percent, but both combined i think that was around like seven opportunities in the red zone all became field goals uh, they had six field goals in a total in that game i think the playoffs they're going to be a little bit more aggressive uh both teams will be so i think you'll have a couple times instead of field goals they'll actually be going for it baltimore the last five games averaging 37 points a game tennessee last five games a- averaging 33 points a game uh, while also giving up 30 points a game as well so titans defense is terrible i actually do could see this becoming a blowout but Baltimore, for some odd reason, does not play Tennessee well. So I think Tennessee will be in the 20s. I think Baltimore Baltimore will be in the 30s easily. And, uh, yeah, I think they, they go through that 54. 54 and a half. They'll get to 55. <laughs> All right. And on the last game of the crazy super wild card weekend, we have the Cleveland Browns at the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it seems like we are. This is the first one we're going to agree on. We are both taking Pittsburgh at the minus two seventy five money line. 
Pittsburgh's able to get pressure on the quarterback, and I think the the and Mayfield's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league when he's when he's pressured. So I I think he's gonna, they're going to cause mayhem for him. The head coach for Cleveland is out with COVID, so he's been trying to coach remotely, which is in and of itself its own issue. There's a lot of bad stats about first time starters in the playoffs for quarterbacks, and this is Mayfield's first. Uh, and also, Cleveland also added their tack one of their tackles to the COVID list today as well. So I think between head coach tackle offensive line Mayfield's first time in the playoffs and Pittsburgh's defense, I think it's going to cause a lot of problems for Cleveland. So I'm taking the money line here. Yeah. The, 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 I think he's a pro bowl guard actually. Joel uh, Bentonio. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, was, was just uh, taken off. So that, that's a huge loss, but I, I do think the Stefan I cannot say his last name, Stefanski, Stefanski. Uh, is is huge. I mean, it, first time, first time, our first year head coach, uh, obviously turned this team around. Uh, they were what seven and eight last year. I could be wrong on that, but now they're uh, what are they eleven, ten, whatever, ten wins. Uh, so he's obviously changed the culture around. I think it's just a huge loss for Cleveland. Um, and then you've also got Big Ben got to sit out a week. I think with his age, that's a huge, huge aspect to this. Uh, I guess reports uh, were being told that he's he hasn't thrown a ball in seven days, so he's he's feeling really good. Um, and, and just the, the last past two weeks, Pittsburgh's found its wide receivers. Uh, you know, the last uh, last week, four players with six or more catches. And then three players with over 50 yards throughout the year. And that was with Mason Rudolph at, at the helm. So um, it, it, if I if I had to choose, I probably would have actually even, not even make a money line. I, I think Pittsburgh wins the it wins it by more than five and a half. I think the spread is now. So, um, but we're playing the rules, so I'll, I'll play with it. But I wouldn't push against uh, picking P- Pittsburgh here. I think just the the the, the line isn't in, uh, including the 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 main loss of the head coach, um, which I think is, the, is the biggest reason why I, I'm against uh, Cleveland this week. Yeah. Also just another small update. So they had to close their practice facility. Baker Mayfield on Thursday reported in a press conference. He hasn't thrown a ball at all this week. He hasn't thrown one pass and their safety. And uh, I believe a linebacker Montreal meander. Uh, both were also added to the COVID list on Thursday. Yeah, and let's not forget, I mean, Cleveland had to win last week to make the playoffs. Or, I mean, that's what they were basically having to do. So they had to show a lot more than Pittsburgh had to do. Pittsburgh held held, held their ground in that game. Uh, probably should have at least tied it up on that two-point conversion. So, uh, yeah, the, the side's Pittsburgh here. All right. Also, to commemorate the, the playoffs starting, we're going to be doing an eliminator, which uh, Mike and I will be putting some side money on. So my pick for this wildcard weekend is going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like we just talked about, I like them to win and I don't think that's going to be burning any Super Bowl picks for me. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. I'm actually going to go with Tampa Bay. Uh, I think they will beat the Washington football team. Uh, I just don't think that they will get very far after that. So um, I'm actually kind of upset the Giants didn't, didn't make it out of the NFC East. I think that that game would have been a lot more exciting than the Washington football team. So um, we talked about it, why, why we're on Tampa, why we're on Tampa Bay this week. So uh, I think the eliminator is pretty easy with uh, Tampa Bay. 
I agree. If I wasn't going to pick the Steelers, I would have picked Tampa Bay. Well, if you wouldn't have picked the Steelers, do you want to switch? Nope. I'm do good. You switch? <laughs> I'm good. All right. Well, that's all we have for this week. Please hit su- subscribe, whether you listen to on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and reach out to us at any time at livedegrasp at gmail.com. It will also be uh, putting up uh, same game parlays for both days on social media. Yeah, that's a FanDuel promo. If you win two of the three legs, you get your money back. Uh, are, are we going to get money for FanDuel? I, no, I feel like FanDuel needs to give us some some cash. <laughs> I'll let I'm just know. saying that people that are listening to this podcast, which you could probably count on two hands. I'll give to us two hands. They're, they're, they're not making bets on FanDuel, but soon enough, they probably will. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and we're we're at Live to Grasp on Twitter and on Instagram. We got we actually have a lot of followers coming up on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's all we have for this week. Take care, guys. Bye.